Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable once again inviting you to join us in our weekly Bible study. Uh, we've named the Bible study after our radio broadcast. We were on uh, radio for many years, a radio connect connected to the internet system so that it went around the world and uh, we just pray that people transferred from our radio family to our internet family and uh, we welcome you today wherever you are hearing this broadcast anywhere in the world anywhere in North America South America Africa Asia (laughs) the Arctic we welcome you today amen there's a global problem uh that is uh, taking the focus away from something I believe is so very vital to every child of God, and that is to be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said, Be ye also ready, for in an hour you think not the Son of Man cometh. So we're going to deal with the issues that would be in the way of our readiness today. Amen. I want to talk to you today on the subject from the Word of God and teach on it. And as you know, I'll probably end up preaching as well. Slow down. Be ready. That's the title. Slow down. Be ready. And I want you to read with me from the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 21, verse 34 through 36. Clear instructions from the Word of God. And this was relevant to His generation. And it's even more relevant to the 21st century generation of people today. Because what their problem was is our problem exacerbated and magnified by the demands of such a fast-paced world. So take heed. <laughs> That's how it begins, Luke twenty-one thirty-four, And take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, and drunkenness, and the cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare, or a trap, literally, it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape All these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. (laughs) I don't know how you feel about escaping all these things that are coming when the tribulation comes. The escape route is the catching away, the rapture of the church. So if the tribulation is near and we see that is coming and the stage is being set, there are many uh, messages, good messages uh, indicating how quick uh, now with the technology we have and with the circumstances we see how, uh, 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 how quick the mark of the beast could be put into place uh, where you have to have it to buy or sell. And it could be, let me make it clear, we're not in the great tribulation. Amen. We're in a lot of trouble today, but it's not the great tribulation. 
But when the great tribulation comes, there will be a mark of a man when the Antichrist is revealed. And it could be something very similar, a, a, a worldwide event, just like the COVID and the pandemic that we are in today. Uh, that would be, it would be mandated globally that you take this mark and it will be clearly than the mark and the number of a man the antichrist he will come into power he will be in power and you can see how this could be implemented and you can see uh, how how uh, easily it could come to pass and it would come in such a way that no one would truly uh, truly see it coming until it is upon us well I'm thankful today for this scripture that I'm reading you. I'm going to begin reading it again. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. I want to read it from the Amplified. I like this. It said, And take heed to yourselves and be on guard, lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed, weighed down with the the giddiness and headache and the nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness, worldly worries, cares pertaining to the business of this life, and lest that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. For it will come upon all who live upon the face of the entire earth. Keep awake, verse 36 says. Then, and watch and pray at all times. Be discreet, attentive, and ready. Praying that you might have the full strength and ability to be accounted worthy to escape all these things taken together that will take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. Praise God. Friend of mine, it is so important to slow down and be ready. There's no way you, I, or anyone else is going to be ready if we don't slow down in order for God to show us our need for Him that is greater than our need for anything else in this world. We have responsibilities. We have accountabilities. There's things that we have to do. But there's a whole lot of things that we can change because we should have a different value system than the world about us. The co-author of Tree, Treating Type A Behavior, Meyer Friedman, describes a growing sickness common to modern man. And he describes it uh, in a particular way. Listen to what, and I'm going to quote him. A continuous struggle, an unremitting attempt to accomplish or achieve more and more things or participate in more and more events in less and less time. 
I'm going to read that again. A continuous struggle, an unremitting attempt to accomplish or achieve more and more things or participate in more and more events in less and less time. And he calls it a sickness that is really troubling and plaguing our culture today. One of the reasons that warnings, friend, go unheeded is because we're too busy to listen. The self Too self-indulgent to see the coming judgment. Too engrossed in this world to prepare for the next. Listen to the words from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Matthew twenty-four thirty-five through 39 Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as it was, now here comes the season. No one knows the day nor the hour, but there is a season. Listen to it carefully. No man knows the day or the hour, not even the angels of heaven, but only my Father. Listen to verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were, listen, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, we just read, don't let your heart be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, the cares of this life. That's what it's describing. Eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Listen, they're not sins in themselves. They become, all of this becomes sin when it, it, when it takes the place and the time and the energy to where we have no time, no energy, for getting ready for the coming of Jesus, for interacting with one another as the children of God. No time for God. No time for the Bible. No time for worship. No time to bear one another's burdens. No time to gather ourselves together because we're just too busy. Amen. Listen to listen to this from from uh, 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 the the paraphrase. I like the practical word here. When the Son of Man returns, it'll be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties. Does that re- do you relate to what we just read? Surfeiting, drunkenness, banquets and parties and weddings, right up until the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. Listen, as a snare, it shall come upon the whole earth, Jesus said. No one will escape this, and it's going to be a sudden thing. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. You know, the Bible says of us as Christians, you there, you who are Christians, and we who are Christians, 
You are not children of the night that that day should come upon you as a thief. You are children of the day. Therefore, we're to live, (laughs) hallelujah, as children of the day. I really believe that the pace that we are all pushed to live our lives is influenced by the God of this world. Many Christians are just too busy for church, too busy for prayer, too busy to bear one another's burdens, too busy to look upon the fields, to seize the opportunity to witness, too busy to develop a personal relationship with Jesus. When we pray in our haste, we seek only answers, not intimacy. We want help and not Him. And there's a vast difference between seeking just help from seeking Him. That's why the the Scripture said, If my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek answers to prayer. No, it doesn't start with that. Oh, no, no, it's not my, and and Jimmy, if you're listening today, dear brother, amen, I'm not picking on you, it just rhymes so well, so listen carefully, this prayer, my name's Jimmy, I want all your gimme, no, we don't pray that way, listen, God knows your name, and He knows your need, and He knows you need Him more than anything else, listen, If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, amen. That's seeking Him. Hallelujah. First and foremost, if you need healing, seek the healer first. (laughs) Amen. If you need deliverance, seek the deliverer first. If you have a need, a great need, seek Jehovah Jireh first, and then the need is going to be fulfilled. Praise God. Listen, and we are constantly running. We're constantly hurrying from place to place. In our society, we value motion. We hold up busyness as a special sign of significance. We, we say things like this. Oh, you're so busy. You must be important. <laughs> I don't believe that in any culture before this culture has ever tried to negotiate a faster paced lifestyle than ours. It used to be that if you missed, now listen, I'm reading this person's statement here. So <laughs> I'm not this old. I'm old, but I'm not this old. But it used to be, if you missed the stagecoach, it was no big deal. You know why? Because there would be another one next week. (laughs) But now, even a few minutes delay can drive us to depression or anxiety. We're not just sick from worry today. We're becoming sick from hurry Some time ago in a newspaper in Tacoma, Washington, carried the story of Tattoo the Basset Hound. Tattoo didn't intend to go for an evening run that day, but when his owner accidentally shut his lease in the car door and took off for a drive, Tattoo had no choice. A motorcycle officer named Terry Filbert noticed a passing vehicle with something that appeared to be dragging behind it. 
When he got closer, he saw Tattoo. Officer Philbert finally chased the car, caused it to stop, and Tattoo was rescued, but not before the poor dog reached a speed of 20 to 30 miles per hour and rolled over several several times while being dragged. By the way, Tattoo has not asked to go out for an evening walk for a very, very long time. Friend, hurry can hurt you. Hurry can hurt you. I don't know what you may need to change. I know what I need to change. I had a stroke when uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> a little over, t- no, 10 years, that's right, around 10 years ago, I had a bad stroke that could have been fatal or could have immobilized me uh, to where I, I would be handicapped if I made it through it. God intervened, but He taught me something about hurry. He taught me something about worry. I was a caregiver to my dad. I was a caregiver to my son. I was taking care of a church. I was doing radio ministry. I was doing ministry to the islands of the sea, missionary work. I was, I had a jail ministry. I had all kinds of irons in the flyer. They were all good things, but they were not all God things. Listen to me today. God doesn't want to wear you out, and God doesn't want to burn you out. If you're in ministry today, remember the words of Jesus to those excited disciples of His that (laughs) were so, they were, they found out that they had power through the name of Jesus over demon forces. They were so excited to, to get out there and, and, and work for the Lord. <laughs> and you know what he told them when they came back with such enthusiasm? After he told them how important and urgent it was to go into the fields. But he told them, come apart and rest for a while. Someone said it this way, if you don't come apart, you're going to come apart. Listen, one way hurry sickness hurts us is through the damage it does to our relationships, beginning with our relationship with God Himself. How many preachers preaching the gospel, praying, uh, ministering to others, sharing the Word of God, counseling, begin to lose their personal walk with the Lord? I, 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 I'm going to take time for this teaching because it's hard to hurry through a teaching on slowing down. I heard a preacher's testimony who became a national, really an international evangelist. He's, he, he started out in, in preaching in a church, but he had exposure to television uh, through an invitation to come and preach, and people loved his ministry. They began to ask him to come and preach for them. It wasn't long before he was booked for a solid year of evangelistic meetings. He opened an office in Atlanta, Georgia, was on television locally in Atlanta, and he was ministering, uh, uh, taping his ministry for that, and catching a plane, and going somewhere else to minister. His relationship with the Lord began to suffer because he was too busy 
for his personal prayer life, his personal Bible study, his personal relationship with the Lord began to suffer because of being so busy for the Lord. You see, the devil doesn't mind what it is that gets you this busy that all of these critical relationships begin to break down as long as he can get you focused on it, even if it's a good thing. Amen. I'm going to tell you, God don't want you burning out. God don't want me burning out. Amen. Listen, friend of mine, it's so important. Listen to this man's testimony. He was an anointed preacher. You know, David said something in the Psalms that happens when the anointing of God comes on you. He said, By thee, O Lord, I've run through a troop and I've jumped over a wall. Well, I'm going to tell you something about running through troops and jumping on the wall. That is over a wall. That is supernatural. But your body, your emotions, your body, you, you, you may be used supernaturally, but you never become supernatural. Don't ever forget, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel so that the excellency of the power might be of God and <laughs> not of ourself. Amen. Glory to God. Friend of mine, this dear preacher began to suffer in his relationship with the Lord and then with his wife and children until he wasn't daddy to the children, husband to the wife. He was this evangelist reaching out to the world. But there has to be a balance struck. And everyone I'm speaking to are not pastors or evangelists. Some of you may be. But the principle is still the same. Listen, if you're providing for your family and you're going to have to work seven days a week just to make the payment on that new house, maybe you need to stay in your old house and be a husband to your wife and a father to your children. This is so important today. This dear minister began to suffer in his relationship with his family and he began to feel empty inside. And he said, I was in Italy uh, to minister a meeting, had flown to Italy. It got so bad, he said, before I left Atlanta that it seemed overwhelming when I went to my closet getting ready to tape a broadcast. And I had to pick out a tie to go with the coat and shirt I was wearing. And it almost overwhelmed me. That's a big red flag. A burnout. It, it is that we are becoming overwhelmed by things that someone that's not that near the breaking point would think it was silly. But it isn't silly to the person that's burning out, burning the candle at both ends. He said, when I got to Italy, I didn't feel I could even preach. I felt empty inside. I, w I was not in a right relationship. He, he wasn't in some kind of adulterous, but he was set up. He could have easily been, but he sure wasn't a husband to his wife or a daddy to his children. Listen, God never wants that imbalance in our life. That's why Jesus said, come apart and rest for a while. And he, he, he said, I was standing at a fountain in Italy. And the fountain had three 
lions, the head of three lions, and the water pouring into the fountain was coming through the mouth of these three mighty lions. And he said, the Lord spoke to me and said, son, this is much of my ministry. This is you and much of my ministers always pouring out, never stopping to drink in. Always pouring out, never stopping to drink in. Listen, it's so important. It's so important that we not get caught up and get sick from hurry, particularly with the Lord's warning. And if He was warning the people in His day of how much more should we take heed in our day, with all of of the activity that we have to do just to just to fulfill our responsibilities i don't know how you're going to change anything but i know some things need to be changed and i know how i'm changing things since that stroke god 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 didn't bring it i did it to myself i did not eat right i did not sleep right i didn't pray right did you know that they statistically the average pastor or preacher prays these obligatory prayers over this little thing that's going on or that little thing or over a meal or whatever about 15 minutes a week. 15 minutes of investing in one of the greatest spiritual weapons and greatest opportunities for intimacy that there is in all of the Word of God. And when we get too busy for that, preparing the sermon, <laughs> honey, we need to prepare. We need to prepare the preacher, not just the sermon. We need to be prepared. Uh, listen, this is so, I, I keep saying it. Jesus said, take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself. Maybe you've seen a poster. I saw one years ago. It pictures a dad and his seven or eight year old son in an old rowboat on a little lake. It's early in the morning. There's a faint mist on the water. And the father and son are sitting there quiet and still. They're east holding bamboo fishing poles and two corks attached to their lines are floating motionless in the placid water. Underneath the picture are two words, Take time. Take time. Well, people who are infected with hurry sickness are too busy to take time for people. Even the people they say they love. Many marriages that were once healthy have been devastated by this disease. Lewis Grant states, and I believe it's true, that one of the side effects of hurry sickness is what he calls sunset fatigue. Sunset fatigue is when we're just too tired or too drained or too preoccupied to love the people to whom we've made the deepest promises. When we come home at the end of a hectic work day, those who need our love the most, those to whom we are most committed, end up sometimes getting the leftovers. Hurry sickness can cause great relational damage. 
but it also damages our emotions, doesn't it? People often fall into the trap of trying to hydroplane over the surface of their emotions. Just push on. Just keep on going. They don't have time to deal with things like feelings. You see, love and hurry, love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Love takes time. <laughs> and time is, of course, one thing hurried people just don't have. You know, I've been to, I've, I've ministered, well, I, 46 years and counting, headed for 47 years of pastoral and evangelist ministry right here originating from Tampa. I'm the president director of the Holy Church of God Incorporated, affiliated with Independent Assemblies of God, good standing since 1974. I had a jail ministry. I had a, 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 a missionary ministry to Haiti, and I've also been to Jamaica. I had a radio ministry, some television ministry, busy, 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 burning, 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 until it almost burned me out. I could have died, as one uh, physician told me. My body was like a fuse box that was overloaded, uh, and and something could blow at any minute. Uh, I, I heard that. I made some adjustments, but I didn't make enough. And friend of mine, that stroke I had, it was brought on. Yet I, I felt like nobody can do this but me. I can't, I can't slow down. I, it, I, that's impossible. I can't even consider it. But I'm going to tell you something. When you're laying in the back of that ambulance and, and you hear them talking and they say, we got a 10 years ago, a 65 year old man, a stroke victim on the way to the emergency room, get ready for him. And you know something? God's peace was there. He was right with me. He loved me. He wasn't whipping me. He wasn't chastening me. But he found a teaching moment <laughs> when he had my full-blown attention. I wasn't afraid of dying. In fact, if this was going to be dying with this kind of peace, I thought, <laughs> you know, goodbye world, goodbye, <laughs> goodbye world, hello heaven. Got to the emergency room and I, I'm, I'm, uh, listen, th this was incredible when they, when they took my blood pressure and, and it was normal. I, there was no anxiety. There was a great peace came over me in the back of that ambulance on the way to the emergency room. <laughs> and I told my wife, I said, honey, if, if, if I, if I'm going to be a burden, if I'm going to be, uh, you know, broke, if I live through this and I, I don't have the use of my body and uh, I'd rather just go on home. I wanted to just, okay, it's okay, Lord, I'll just go on home. But friend, God wasn't through with me and he healed me and they looked for what caused it, couldn't find anything. I knew what caused it. Another doctor told me, he said, were you, what, what was your lifestyle? No one asked me my life style no they they looked at my they looked at all the blood vessels they looked at the blood pressure they did the mri they did everything but no one asked me about my lifestyle and when someone finally did they said you don't need to keep looking they didn't need to keep looking they didn't find anything because what brought it on what caused those arteries and veins to contract and limit the blood flow 
was stress due to all the things that were unrelenting in your lifestyle. Friend of mine, today I have changed some things. And I hope it doesn't take some terrible event if you're caught up in this. I pray today that you will listen to this teaching as we continue it and that you will begin to ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to slow down, take the time. God wants you not only ready for the coming of Jesus, God wants you ready to give an answer to all men for the hope that's in you. God wants you healthy. God wants you strong. He wants you to be the best daddy anyone ever had and the best husband any wife could ever imagine. And then be a witness for Him. Praise God. We love you today. Amen. I'm glad you took time to listen to this broadcast. I'm glad you're taking time right now all the way to the end. Today, if you're Christian, take heed to yourself. As it was in the days of Noah, they ate, they drank, they married, they gave in marriage. Those were not sins that brought judgment. But it was the busyness of life. They didn't listen to a man who stood while that ark was being prepared. Noah, a preacher of righteousness, if they'd just taken time to listen, to learn that judgment was imminent, it was coming, that would have been a bigger boat. Guarantee you if they'd repented, as many as repented of their sin, God would have enlarged the boat. However long it took to build it, there would have been room. We used to sing it over and over. The end of a service, there's room at the cross for you. Though many have come, there's still room for one. There's room at the cross for you. Today, if you don't know Jesus, stop and think about where you're going to spend eternity. Stop the party bus right there on the interstate. Pull over at a rest stop. Tell them to pull over. You, you may be an entertainer on your bus right now. Tell them to pull over at the next exit. Stop before you get up on that stage, before you take that pill. Stop and think about where God fits into your life and be ready for the coming of Jesus. Be saved. Run to Jesus, dear friend. Don't run from Him. In Jesus' name.